Y'all ready for the word? <laughs> Can't have Kelly hear that. See, I misspelled this word yesterday when I sent in the thing. I make these things, right? Dwayne and I, whenever we preach, we make these things. And I misspelled that word right there. I had like capital R-E. And I got so many emails from the people that I sent it to, right? They don't ever send me an email saying, hey, good job on that thing, man. But when you mess up one time, <laughs> I'm just joking. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for using us right where we are. Father, thank you for our gifts that you have given us. Thank you for the people that you have here at this appointed time, Father, to, to give them life, give them hope as they walk out. We look forward to all that you have for us because we know it's always good. You make all things work together for our good. Father, thank you for this message this morning that you have given us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Christ became, became, say became, became. That means at one point he was not. Amen? He became, he became a curse. Therefore, the blessings are mine. That's the part that a lot of people don't understand. Christ became a curse so that the blessings could be ours. The blessings of what? Abraham, Deuteronomy chapter 28, right? All those wonderful things are ours today because of what Christ did for us. He became the curse, right? All right, so let's go to Luke 15. I'm going to show you this story. We, we, there's so much in this story. You guys have heard it a thousand times. I'm sure some of you haven't. But what I'm telling you is you can always pull stuff out of these stories, and that's why the Bible is alive. It's a living document. All right, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him, Jesus, to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke to this, this parable to them, and he, and he was saying, and he goes on to talk about, uh, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and then the parable of the prodigal son who went away, right? So um, I love the the first thing I see in this is that, you know, they all drew near to Jesus. There was something about Jesus that was different than what they were hearing. Amen? They were hearing how maybe they weren't qualified. They were hearing how there was no hope because they, God was judging them based on them and what they did which was true in the old covenant, but now here comes Jesus, the new covenant. And so Jesus comes, and, he, and what is Jesus doing? He's eating with the sinners and the tax collectors. He's eating with them, right? And, and the Pharisees, which were the religious people at the time, didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. And who do you, where do you think Jesus' heart is? Is it with the broken and the hopeless? Yeah, it's not with the almighty religious people that have it all together, right? They have it all together. So drop down to this story. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give him the portion of goods that falls to me. Basically, back in the day, when you say that, what are you telling your father? Drop dead. I wish you were not here anymore so that I could have my half, right? There's another brother. He had two sons. So he's basically saying, hey, I wish you were dead to his father. Okay? He walks off. Uh... Oh, no. And, and, and so, he, so he divided to, the, to them his livelihood. He didn't just give his, the son that was asking his portion, did he? He gave both of them their portion. You know why? Because the father loved both of them. Loved both of them. One that was running away and one that was religious. He loved them. All right. Um, he divided his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living brother was out partying right is, is there anybody in here that hasn't done that seriously I want to know because I want you to pray over me right you haven't 
Somehow I believe that. But everybody hates on. Really? Somehow I believe that. But Jay, <laughs> Jay was a little toga-wearing party man back in the day, boy. Shouldn't have said that. All right. Um, so, yeah, particle living. We, we, the reason why is because we always hammer people, right? That guy was particle living. He was out getting drunk, and he was out doing all this. People do that, don't they? We forget that people do that. Sometimes it's us. I know it was me. Um, uh, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. So it doesn't say that he was sorry. It doesn't say that he uh, was repenting. It says he was wanting, right? He ran out of everything, so now he, he wanted it. He wanted some stuff back. So he's not sorry what he did. He just began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. Now, Jewish people and pigs don't get along, right? They don't. It's not that they don't get along. God told them not to, to eat from a pig. Are you with me? All right, so imagine going through life and not being able to eat bacon. That's hell. <laughs> I believe when you get to heaven, there's going to be a hot Krispy Kreme donut <laughs> with two pieces of bacon on it. Thick bacon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Kelly went out of town Friday, so guess what your boy had for dinner Friday night? I cooked me some eggs, and I ate a whole package of bacon. And I'm not sorry. I did offer one to Noah. He didn't want it. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I thought they count. Um, anyway, what was that? Oh, okay. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that, that uh, the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. All right, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? So again, he's not sorry. He's hungry. People say, see, he came to himself. That's not what it means. It means he, when he came to himself, this is the realization he had. Read it in context. He came to himself because he saw how loving and how good his father was to one of his servants, much less a son. He knew. He remembered all of a sudden how good his father was to the servants. So he didn't even see himself as a son anymore. He saw himself as one of those servants. He was comparing himself not as a son, but as a servant. And that's what happens when you go out in the world. You go out in the world and, and, you, and, and, and we've all been there. And you try, to, you try to hang out and party and have fun and it's, and it's all fun and, 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 and good times until the, you, you wake up the next morning and then the, you're like, bam, what did I do, right? And you just go through that cycle, man. I'm telling you, I spent 15 years in that cycle. And I'm not condemning you. I, I would try, I would tell myself, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. Anybody do that? And, and then by that night, what are you laughing, Bobby? Got something you want to tell everybody? <laughs> been there, right? We've all been there. So, so he, I want you to see if you, this is what I want to show you guys, is you can read this story a thousand times, but when you step back and you start breaking it down, he didn't even see himself as a son anymore. He wanted to be a servant. He wanted to work for it, right? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against the heaven, against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. 
He's saying, make me earn my way back in. Make me work my way back into your love. Make me work my way back into your blessings where you're feeding me and, and, and sheltering me. You see it? Um, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The word kissed there in the, uh, in the, in the Greek is uh, multiple, like uh, over and over and over and over again kiss. Like he just loved him. And I love this. It wasn't that the son saw the father. Father saw the son. Amen? The father. So what does that tell you? He must have been looking for that lost son. I love that. And then the father ran, kissed him. It's beautiful, man. All right, and the son said to father, he's going to go through a speech, right, that he just went through. I, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And then it says, but the father said to his servants, what is missing from his speech? What is it? Make me one of your servants. Make me work for it. It's missing. He never got a chance to say it. You know why? Because you can't work for your father's love. You can't earn your father's love. It's a gift that's freely given. And the father wasn't about to let him get that out of his mouth. The father loved him, right? Uh, and then the father said, uh, bring out the best robe and put it on him. The robe for us today, guys, is a robe of righteousness. That's what God has given us. Amen? Anybody else wearing that robe? Amen? Robe of righteousness. A and put a ring on his finger. You know what's important about that? A ring was how you paid for stuff back in the day. It had a signet on it. You can Google all that you want to. It had a signet. That's how you paid. It's like a credit card. That's what it was. You put your family stamp on that thing. Uh, on his hand, I get everything. Oh, sandals on his feet. What's important about sandals on his feet? Put sandals on his feet. Put shoes on his feet. Under law, God told Moses to take his sandals off because the place he was standing was holy ground. And he didn't deserve to be standing there. Amen? But under grace... God is saying put sandals on their feet because they do deserve to stand there. And it's not that they did anything to deserve that. It's because of Jesus. Amen? Alright. Uh, oh, and bring the fatted calf here. Here. Say here. And kill it. They didn't kill the calf somewhere else. The father wanted the son to see why he was deserving to stand there. That calf was going to be sacrificed. And if you've ever seen or read up on it, it's not a pretty sight how they killed the calf. Well, they slit his throat with a knife and, and, and they, started, they, they cut it up. They killed it right there in front of the sun so he could see why he was able to be there. Isn't that amazing? Just one word, man. Here. When you see here. Like they brought the calf here. Not, not over behind the barn. It was right where they were. Isn't the Bible alive? Isn't it beautiful? Uh, and let us eat and be merry. Merry. Say merry. You know what that means? Happy. But God doesn't want you to be happy. Okay, you live like that. I choose not to. All right. For this my son was dead and is alive again. Now, question. Was the son dead? He was still breathing. But how many of you guys know that when you walk away from your loving father, and you go into the world and you try to do stuff on your own. You may be breathing, but you're dead inside. 
Amen? You're dead inside. You feel like there's no hope. You feel like there's no, there's no use for you anymore. That's why he says my son was dead. But how many of you guys know when you come back to the loving father, life comes in? Amen? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I ain't had chills like that since Taco Bell the other night. It's actually better than Taco Bell. Sorry, Lord. Anybody thankful for Taco Bell on Saturday nights about 10 o'clock? Y'all don't give thanks to God for that? <laughs> I don't do it all the time. But when I do, <laughs> I don't just get meal number one. <laughs> Y'all feel like that sometimes? Like you go there and you're so hungry, you get like one of everything because it's kind of cheap. No? <laughs> but my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost. He was lost, but now he's found. Right? And, and they began to be merry, happy. Now, this is a wonderful story. This is an Old Testament prodigal son. I wonder if you guys know the, uh, the, the, the this is a New Testament. Do you guys, have you guys ever heard of the Old Testament prodigal son? Because there is a story of an Old Testament prodigal son. Have you guys ever read it? Raise your hand if you have. Okay. <laughs> Yesterday. Oh, yeah, you, you, we've talked about that before. Pace is on it, man. Deuteronomy chapter 21. This is it. If a man has a stubborn or rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother and who when they have chastised him, right, they, got, they, they tried to correct him, uh, will not heed them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him, bring him out to the elders of the city, to the gate of his city, and they shall, whoop, and they shall say to the elders of the city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and he will not obey our voice he is a glutton and a drunkard. Now that's just like the prodigal son, right? That, that, this is, that's who he is, right? But this is what happens here. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. Kill him. That's the penalty for, for being a prodigal son in the old covenant. Isn't that crazy? So, so the penalty is do that. Stone him to death with, just so you didn't stone him to death you would think that means stones but just so there's no confusion stone him to death with stones like, don't be throwing no legos at him right throw him to death with stones with stones so and i looked it up in the hebrew and it actually says that it's, it's stone him to death with stone why to prove the point to prove the point that if you're if you're going to be rebellious this is what you're deserving of now here's the thing oh let me finish this uh, so you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. You know what's funny? Is you never hear a story about this. You never hear this happening. You know why? Because it was when your son, when it's your son, that doesn't matter. You're going to try to justify it. You're going to try to find a loophole. God couldn't do that. God couldn't do that with Jesus. He had to put it all on him. Now, humanly, we would say, man... There's got to be a way out. But if you're going by the law, this means some people didn't keep this law, right? There's a lot of people that say, you got to keep the law. You can't be preaching against the law, man. God made the law. I agree. The law is holy. There's no black and white. God is a judge. But I believe the law has been fulfilled. Amen? Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. That's what the Bible says. Whoo, so anyway, 
So the, two, the difference between the two stories, the Old Testament guy was showered with stones, right? Stone him to death with stones. The New Testament guy was showered with kisses. The Old Testament guy got what he deserved. The New Testament guy got what he didn't deserve. The old one ended with sorrow for the family, death, and a funeral. That's how it ended. Bury him outside. Right? The new one, the New Testament guy, ended with song, life, and a feast. Amen? Isn't that awesome? So why the change? The, you can't read those two stories and, and think that there's not a change because if that law was still in effect, guess what? That prodigal son, had no, he should not have come home because he would have known what would have happened. So something changed. And if you go to Romans 3, it says this in 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. That was the purpose of the law. That every mouth would be stopped and everyone would become guilty before, before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, but now, but now. Say but now. But that's, a, that's the biggest one. But now. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets is the Old Testament. The law, the first five books of the Bible, the prophets is the rest of the Old Testament. And it, and it witnessed God's righteousness being fulfilled. Isn't that beautiful? All right. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all, all, and on all who believe. Who believe. That's, we got to believe it, right? Um, for there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, comma, comma, comma. Comma, 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 chameleon. Anybody remember that song? Sorry. Comma, comma, comma. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Comma. Being justified freely. There's your new covenant right there. Old covenant, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. New covenant, being justified freely. Freely, freely. By his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth as a propitiation, a payment, uh, by his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate. The reason he passed over, to demonstrate at the present time, present time, his righteousness. Uh, not yours, his, that he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. If you have faith in Jesus, he's your justifier. Think about it. God, the judge, is your justifier. That means you've been judged righteous in Christ. And you don't have to fear that. You don't have to worry when you get to heaven, how's it going to go? You know. You got to know. We come to know and believe the love that God has for us. He's our justifier. Boom. So under law, you can see God's hand. Under grace, you see his heart. His heart. Listen, if, if there's a judge in the natural, if there's a judge in the Latrell County Courthouse, a judge, right? Noah, Rumor. 
Sorry. Kerning from the stage. <laughs> Ivy Emerson. <laughs> <I'm just joking. laughs> no, the kids are like. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, yeah. If you're a judge, you're a judge in a lateral. And, uh, and your son comes before you. Now, your heart, if that's your son, is to what? Give him some leniency, some grace. But how many of you guys know you can't do that if you're a good judge? You can't. You, you, you got you to give them what they deserve. You got to give justice. That's how God was. He, he's judge, and he had to do that. But his heart is, that's my child. And under the old covenant, God couldn't bend it. He had to be the law. He had to be judge. He, there's no black and white. But his, the problem was he loved people. So there had to be a way for him to have a foundation to be able to do that. That's why I wrote this down. Jesus gave God, God, that's what happens when you type fast. Jesus gave God, who is judge, God is judge, amen? Jesus gave him a righteous foundation to be himself, which is love. He hates the sin, and it needs to be punished, but he loves the sinner, and they need to be saved. So he sent Jesus. That's the change between the old covenant prodigal living and the new covenant prodigal living amen that beautiful all right check this out first john 4 beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone who loves is born of god and knows god he who does not love does not know god for god is love that's his heart his heart is love he loves people all the people that we judge that are sinners guess what look in the mirror we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Instead of stopping there, we need to tell them that Jesus has freely given his life for them and loves them right where they are. All right. In uh, this is love, God was manifest toward us that God, oh, here it is, has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. I was telling the youth Wednesday night, when you go to a wedding, man, you hear 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is patient, love is kind, love is patient with all that good stuff that you can't wait to be over, right? So, uh, honestly, by that time in a wedding, you're like, dude, where's the cake? So, but those are, that's not the definition of love, okay? That's not the definition of love. This is the only place in Scripture where it tells you this is love. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the payment for our sins, so love is not that we love God. People say you got to love God, you got to love God. You got to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul, all that stuff, right? Nobody could do that. And when Jesus said that, he was under law. The Bible says that he came, he lived under the law to redeem us from the law. So when Jesus was here on earth, he was actually under law. People say, well, Jesus said it. Yeah, but he was under law. The cross hadn't happened yet because the cross changed everything. And the moment people understand that, their world opens up. The Bible opens up. People say, what about this? Jesus said this. Well, had he died yet? No. Go back and read. Amen? It, 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 that's what happened to me. Someone was godly enough to say that to me, and somehow by the Spirit of God, 
I received it. Not as a, as a put down, but there was something there when he said that. And I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. And that's where I got that, you know, you got to follow the, the, the letters written in red. And then I said, that what, what? That, that, that God didn't just, Jesus didn't just write the words that were written in red. He wrote a whole book, right? Stop changing the font color. That's religion. Amen? All right. Uh, let's go here. Back to Deuteronomy 21. Uh, 21. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. Okay? So you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Now here's something. Do you guys, you guys, have you guys ever read the verse right after that? Now that we just read that little, that story, right? The old prodigal son. The very next verse. The very next verse is important. Verse 22. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree. But you shall surely bury him that day so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance. For he who hanged is accursed of God. So if you have someone deserving of death, they stone him to death, right? And I want you to notice this. It says, uh, it says he is and he is put to death, and then they hang him. Now there's a difference. There's a difference. Back then, because crucifixion on the cross hadn't been invented yet. Right? So back then, they would, they would stone you to death, and then they would hang you on a tree so that everybody would know you were cursed for a day, and then they'd take you down at night and bury you, right? But that was, the, that, that was why. I want you to notice that Jesus, when he died on the cross, when he hung on a tree, they didn't kill him first. That's a picture of him conquering death and the curse at the same time. Because he's Jesus. And nobody else could do that. Those two thieves couldn't do it. But he could do it. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? He's, he loves us so much, man. Hey, you think about putting him going back and reversing all this Old Testament stuff. The curse. He's cursed. He's a curse of God. Right? So look at this in Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us. He brought, brought us back from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You know where that's found in Scripture? We just read it. Deuteronomy 21. Christ redeemed us from that. Right? That the blessing. Why? Why did he redeem us from that curse? So that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He redeemed us from the curse so that we can have the blessings. He didn't redeem us from the curse and the blessings. And it doesn't say that, that he redeemed us from the curse so we can have the curse and the blessings. We're redeemed from the curse. They're gone. We have the blessings. So when you read Deuteronomy 28, the first part of it is all the blessings. The last part of it is double, and it's all the curses. It's almost triple the amount of verses. And all the curses are there. God said, don't even read past that. It's not for you. 
you get the blessings because he became a curse. Amen? Boom. So, back to Deuteronomy 21, 22. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death and he is put to death, you and you hang him on a tree. He's put to death and then he hangs because he's cursed. Amen? You see that? So here's a question. Why did Jesus hang on a tree? Why wasn't he stoned? Duh. That, that paints a whole different picture, doesn't it? <laughs> Whoo! No, it wasn't a flashback some, you know, when I was a kid, all right? It was just a mistype. <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> when, gee, why? The, the, the corporal punishment for Jewish people in Jesus' day was stoning. So why did he hang on a tree? Why did Jesus get put on a tree? You're, listen, the Bible says this in, in Ephesians 1, 7. In him, in Christ, we have redemption, right? Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In him we have it according to, but, but it, what is it through? His blood. So stoning can also produce blood. So why wasn't Jesus just stoned? Yep, yeah, his blood saves us, amen? It doesn't matter how the blood is shed. They could have killed him by stoning him. They could have killed him when he was uh, in the prothorium and he was being beaten with the sticks and he had the crown thorn. All that bloodshed, all that bloodshed would have saved us because we're saved by the blood. But why did he die on the cross? To redeem us from the curse. That was the point of the cross. Yes, he could, have been, he could have been killed by stoning. But the whole reason he hung on a cross, the cross is for our redemption from the curses of the law. Do you guys understand how important that is? Go ask your Christian friends why Jesus hang on a cross. They'll tell you to forgive us our sins. And the answer is no. His shed blood is what we're forgiven by. Amen? doesn't say the cross here. It says his blood that was shed is what, what saves us. didn't matter how he died. The reason he hung on a cross was to redeem us from the curse of the law. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever thought about that? Look at this. So back here, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. That's why he died on a cross. And it's cool the, the, the way God did it because he, he took care of that old, all the old curses. But Christ didn't die first and then put on a cross, a tree, right? He literally conquered that thing. Because most people, right, the Bible says that, that he, he gave up his spirit and then he bowed his head like a king would do. Most people, they, they bow their head and they get tired and then they finally give up. Not your king. Ooh. Not your king, man. The Bible says he, he gave up his spirit and then bowed his head. That means he conquered that mess. He conquered death. And if he conquered death, guess who he did it for, church? Us. Us. So you are redeemed from the curses. When someone gets in your head and says, you don't deserve this, you say, no, I'm redeemed from that. I'm redeemed from that. Christ became a curse for me. Say that. 
You go trick or treat and somebody tries to throw a curse on you? <laughs> Say, pfft. You guys laugh. There was a time in my life that I was going through the spiritual moment in my life. And, you know, you, you find somebody and they say something like, ooh, that's the truth, right? And you go, and you go, it, it was crazy. It was a crazy time in my life. But I, I believe that, that my kids couldn't go trick-or-treating for a year. We missed one year. Because someone told me that they placed witches uh, and warlocks on all four corners of Alachua County to curse people that go out and trick-or-treat. And I said, well, they ain't going to curse my kids. We just ain't going to go. Right? So my kids, my kids missed out on family time, enjoying it, getting candy and all that because of religion. First of all, there's not four corners of Alachua County. There's got to be like 50 of them, right? So when you sit back down, you look back, you're like, I'm such an idiot, right? And then I was teaching my kids, man, there's people out there cursing. You got to hide. Is that true? No, man. Death has been defeated. Satan has been defeated. So when somebody tries to curse you, say, I'm not receiving that because Christ became a curse for me. Sickness is a curse. You listen. If Miss Karen, you go to see her, she prescribes something for you, and she says you have this, you listen to her. Do what she says. But I'm here to tell you, at the end of the day, God has the last word. And he sent people like Miss Karen to help you. Amen? That's what he does. Don't, some people say, oh, man, God doesn't heal today. But you know what happens when their kid gets sick? Where do they go? Dig, find healing at the doctor. Isn't that the truth? There's nothing wrong with that. God put them there. But don't tell people that God doesn't heal anymore if you're going to go try to get them healed from a doctor. Look, I'm not venting. <laughs> I'm just saying let's think about it. Here's the cool thing. You got to know, no matter what, that if you, if you feel like you're lacking in some area, Christ took that. Christ took that. He took that curse. Because the Deuteronomy 28 says that he will fill your storehouses. Not just your house, your houses. And Deuteronomy 28 says he will bless your children. Bless them. How many of you guys want God to bless them instead of you trying to bless them? Yeah, yeah. He says he'll protect you. He's your protector. He'll, hey, he'll give you hope coming in. He'll give you hope going out. That's a blessing. That's a part of the blessings. Go read that. They're all yours. How would you like to live your life? And I've heard stories like this where you had an heir who was homeless. But they had they were a multi-millionaire heir because of their, they were an heir to somebody. And they lived that life as a homeless person not knowing what was theirs. And that's the way some Christians live today. I'm not beating you down. I'm saying go read what's yours. Claim it. Claim it. Take it. Receive it. It's been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. Deuteronomy 28 is all about you. It's all about what you get. And, and, and listen, the first verse is going to say, if you obey all my commandments. But who did that for you? Jesus. That's why the Bible says he's the end of the law for righteousness. That's why we just read we're blessed because of, because of what he did. He became the curse so that we could have the blessings. Don't make apologies for that with religious people. If they don't receive it, that's okay. Say, hey, Lord, give me their half. Say it right in front of them. I will. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Somebody said, God doesn't just bless you. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for his. <laughs> that's, like some, uh, that's like me going around saying, hey, you going to finish that? <laughs> I did that yesterday to Bella, that little pound cake. Who made that pound cake? Oh. What kind of oil did you use? Was it this kind? <laughs> that jump was good, boy. One last thing. 
Start looking for the good instead of the bad. You know why you can do that, church? Because Christ became a curse. You don't have to go around looking for all the bad. Start looking for the good. Every time we wake up, sometimes we can't. We're looking for something bad to happen to us. That is a defeated Christian life. When Christ has given us victory, don't go around with that mindset. It's going to take time to transform. But we've got to start looking for the good everywhere. This world needs that. It needs people that start to look for good everywhere. Well, I'm, I'll trust, but I've got to verify. No, you let the Lord do that. You look for the good. Every situation. Don't say bad things are coming because I... You need to stop it right there. Christ became a curse for me. He became a curse for me. Amen? Will you guys stand up with me? Give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord who has redeemed you a hand. It, it, listen, if you guys knew the blessings, if you could just go back and meditate on Deuteronomy 28, all the blessings we have that are found in Abraham or in Christ, they were Abraham's blessings, but they're ours today. You got, and you just meditated on them, you just learned those things, man. You would be, yeah, you're, I mean, your mind would just be blown at how much he loves you. It's unbelievable. So I encourage you guys. I don't, I don't want to challenge you guys. I want the Lord to put that on your heart. If you want to go study them, read up on them, they're all yours. Deuteronomy 28. When you get to the cursing part, <laughs> not yours. Because you're redeemed from that. Amen? All right. So I'm going to bring... Um, are, are, you, are they out there? All right, cool. So Danny, uh, his daughter is here. Or Danny and Laura. Laura had something to do with it too. <laughs> but uh, they have asked for uh, us as a church family to pray over uh, their daughter. Um, and uh, and Chris, is Christian coming? Uh, Christian out there warming up. Boy, I saw you, doll. I do that too, man, when I, before I preach. So we're going to pray over them. Pastor Dwayne and uh, Pops is here. Hey, aren't you guys got to see Pops back? So if you guys want to come up and lay hands on them, or if you just want to sit right where you are and do that, that's fine too. But we're just going to uh, pray a blessing over this, uh, this wonderful family that, that the Lord has brought into our house today. Amen. Come on, some of these ladies come over here and put their hands on this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to stand together and, and to come before you, Father, on behalf of Caroline and Christian, Father, and, and their baby girl, Father, that's on the way, Father. We thank you, Lord, for all those that you have uh, surrounded them with, Father, family and friends, Father, who are here to support them, Father. We thank you, Lord, for uh, just this uh, pregnancy, a healthy pregnancy. We thank you, Father, for healthy delivery. We thank you, Father, for a healthy baby. We thank you, Father, for your purpose and your plan for this, this baby girl, Father. We thank you, Lord, for uh, already going before her and making her path straight, God. We thank you for um, just surrounding her, Father, with the right people that will love her unconditionally, Father, that will help provide for her, God, that will uh, help to, 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 uh, to raise her, Father. Lord, we know that uh, in, this, in today's society, God, we, it really does take a village, Father. It takes other people outside of the household. Uh, uh, to just lead and guide uh, our children. Father. Thank you for uh, your angels of protection, Father, that will be encamped about her, Father, all the days of her life. 
We thank you, Father, for anointing her parents, Father, uh, as leaders, Father. And we thank you, Father, for the love and the support and the nurturing, Father. We thank you, Father, for uh, this opportunity for them to grow in a different way. There's something about parenthood, Father, that allows us to relate to you even more. So, Father, we thank you uh, just for calling them for such a time as this, Father. We ask, Father, to bless uh, them and bless the work of their hands. Give them wisdom beyond their years, God. Uh, thank you, Father, for just giving them insights into the, the little girl's future, Father. Give them visions. Give them dreams from on high, from heaven, Father, that, uh, that they will be able to follow. And they will be able to speak life. We thank you, Father, for the, uh, the power of life and death in the tongue. Thank you, Father, for equipping them in a way uh, that they would begin to speak life even now because that baby girl can hear what they say. Father, hear everything, God, that they do. And so, Father, we ask, God, that you would just give them your word, Father, to speak over uh, her life, Father. We just bless you and thank you for this time. We ask, God, that you would just uh, do what only you can do in their lives, Lord. We bless you and thank you for supplying all of their need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed, church. <laughs>